Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, Porto Overtime Media. It's been a while, folks, for me to do it. I'm Jay Kokorowski. Usually hear Benjamin Wargle on the beat right here. But guess what? I'm taking over for the football season, and we'll talk more about I'll get to the meat and potatoes of, of the housekeeping and whatnot going forward a little later. But let, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of all this. Let's get to the, the heavy-duty stuff. You guys want to hear about wisconsin football and fall camp and to do that i've brought on good buddy of mine got to know him really well the past couple of years since he's joined the beat from the wisconsin state journal madison.com badgers football beat writer colton bartholomew colton my friend been two weeks been two hot weeks us watching (laughs) practice but hey we're in the stadium we're watching football and now we're 10 days away from wisconsin penn state yeah, I feel a lot better and a lot more knowledgeable about this football team going into this year than I did last year, where we went from uh, not seeing them since the end of the Rose Bowl until the beginning of the Illinois game, uh, seeing them actually on the field playing football. So uh, I'm excited, man. We're about 10 days out, 11 days out now, and uh, let's go. It's football time. I know. That's what I'm excited about, too. And, of course, BadgerBlitz.com, we're credentialed for the home game, so we'll be there. I know you're credentialed, obviously, uh, being part of the Wisconsin Wisconsin State Journal. But, you know, we are looking at just fall camp is wrapped up. We had a chance to watch, what, eight practices all together, and then we had one 30-minute practice at the, for the first time to kind of get all the injury report uh, news and analysis that way, maybe some photos or, or videos of some of the drills. But uh, we got to see eight full practices and let's just hit it off right off the bat. Talking about Wisconsin standout players, there are a bunch of them. And if I'm badgerblitz.com, I'll have some notes going forward about maybe at the top 11. We'll do what we call the hot 11, about 11 players that we thought stood out. But let's to make it easier for podcasts and for you, what's one player on the offensive side of the ball that popped out to you the most? Um, I'm going to have to go with tight end Jack Eschenbach. And I thought he had probably the most complete and impressive spring out of anybody on the Badgers offense. And I thought he really carried that well into the fall camp. Um, and he was a little bit limited. On, he was non-contact for quite a number of the practices we saw uh, getting through a hand injury. But what really impressed me was the, the amount of catches that he made essentially one-handed. I mean, he's got a, a soft cast on his left hand that takes out his I believe it's his pinky and his uh, ring finger on that hand. So he's basically catching it with one and a half hands. And, I mean, we saw a lot of good catches out of him. He's a big body. He's going to be a red zone target to be able to pair off with uh, Jake Ferguson at the other tight end spot. Um, You know, Wisconsin's one of the few teams that I think you look at throughout college football that second tight end really matters for them, right? Like that's a guy that's going to be on the field quite a bit. And I I think the Badgers – in the last couple of years, whether it be due to injury or just guys not being able to step up right away, haven't had that second tight end option and teams have really been able to take Ferguson away later on in the year and focus on him. So I think Eschenbach coming in, having a good fall, being able to step up and be more of a reliable pass catcher is going to be a huge benefit for this offense and just adding to the weapons that Graham Mertz in the passing game has. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with, you know, a skill position. You, you talked about tight end with Eschenbach. You know, I'm looking at Chimray DK. I know I talked to you about him during practice. I was kind of singing his praises throughout the practice where I felt just if that ball was thrown anywhere near his vicinity, the vast majority of the time he's coming up with the catch and he's getting separation for that matter. I thought Kendrick Pryor had a great 
fall camp too, and, and establishing a good rapport, a rhythmic chemistry with Grant Mer- Graham Mertz, especially on like those kind of like play action type passes where it was allowed to develop a little bit further and he was able to make a break on a, you know, on a defensive back there. So, but with DK, you know, and you saw Danny Davis out for some, a couple practices due to the, what UW described as a head injury. You need someone to step up there where, besides prior. And I thought DK really can fit the bill. And if all three are healthy, that's a formidable three wide receiver look out of 11 personnel that Wisconsin can run uh, and stretch defenses too. But I just thought he's matured a lot. He told me last week that he gained 10 pounds of muscle. He's worked on consistency and even Graham Mertz before fall camp said that, you know, he said it with a laugh, but that uh, DK takes a step every day. And so that stood out to me. I think he could have a big year uh, and whatnot. So for me, he stood out there. Let's go to the defense though, where obviously, I mean, first couple of weeks of fall camp, obviously that defense is going to be a little bit ahead of the offense. I think Paul confirmed that a couple of Mondays ago for that matter. We saw the linebackers flowing pressure coming from both the outside on the edge and on the inside. You had pressure from Keanu Benton and, and Matt Henningsen at times, uh, even Rodas Johnson too. And then even the secondary. So all three levels are flying there, but in your eyes, who stood out to you the most, from that defensive side of the ball from Jim Leonard's group. Yeah, I think you just mentioned him, actually. Keanu Benton was the guy that really has stuck out to me throughout camp. I mean, the fact that he's going to be able to play in nickel now and looks like he's going to be in that starting group in the nickel package is so huge for this Wisconsin defense because you look at the last season, Jim Leonard told us in the spring they played nickel 70% of their plays. So Keanu Benton, one of your most talented guys on the team and one of the guys that – on the defensive line especially, you can't block with one person. You've got to dedicate more, more than one guy to, to make sure that he's blocked. Was only on the field about a third of your plays. And, I mean, that's just not a good recipe. And I think they've been able to rectify that here in the offseason. Uh, Benton talked to me about the amount of you know sprint work they did, the amount of quickness, agility type of stuff he did to make sure that he can get in and out of those holes um, <clears throat> from the three-tech as opposed to just kind of running through a center like it was – uh, his job throughout the first couple of years of his career. So I think him and his development in that spot, being able to play more is going to be huge. And I am just as a football nerd, like ecstatic to see what they can do stunt wise with him. And, you know, when you're uh, a guard or a center and you start pass drop or a pass setting and you, you start looking around who's coming to your gap, who's starting to flow around and you see a 310 pound Keanu Benton with three steps uh, of a run running start coming at you. I mean, it's going to be tough to handle and God help him if any offense decides to try to add a running back to that equation because he's going to get run over too. So I think Keanu Benton's going to have a huge year and that that's the guy and his improvement's been the, the biggest, I'd say, you know, standout thing to me defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I talked to him actually earlier this week on Monday and just, you can tell he's having fun and I, you know, I, you know, he's trying to, you know, shoot the leg, on a single leg takedown on Bryson Williams during a, a down moment in practice. I called him out on that too. So I'm like, you're using your old high school background. And he started laughing and just talking about he's having fun. You're seeing that on the fam, uh, the, you know, the camp cam that they have uh, on Wisconsin spo- social media, talking with the various questions of the day for each fall camp practice. But he just looked punishing. And even Nick Herbig said that one day during practice, the, he was having a bad day. The defense was having a bad day. And then Benton went off for three tackles for loss in a row. And so if he can have that type of impact and Paul usually is very Paul Christ 
when we were talking to him yesterday on Tuesday, he's usually very kind of, I would say timid or just not trying to like build up a player too much for over, you know, over too much expectations, you know, they want to do too much, but he, you know, he said, you know, Keanu can be a, a, a good player. And it's one of those things where it was, an, you know, admitting in my eyes that he, you know, he could may, be a breakout type player in my eyes. So, uh, yeah. my end, though, saying, Paul saying yeah. somebody's going to be good means that they could be like an All-American. Right. Well, Chris is not like to heat praise <laughs> on anybody too often. <laughs> exactly. Usually it's that he did good, but there's always something that he could improve a <laughs> yeah. little bit better on. It's, it's It's been one of those things that trying to get a sound bite out of him. And we love Paul for that matter, but in terms of just what that and we appreciate that. But it's also just one thing where, hey, yeah, like when he said that about Ben, I'm like, OK, you know, he, he means business. And I think what we saw in fall camp. That's going to be huge for uh, Wisconsin. I'm going to go one level above the line. As much as I, I said, Benton would be probably my number one. Uh, Henningsen, I thought I had a great camp too, but I'm going to go Leo Chanel, where I felt every day I'm looking through my notes and it's like, oh, there's another backfield pressure from, from Chanel. And folks, they couldn't tackle uh, the quarterbacks, obviously. Uh, and what we saw from Chanel, though, was him getting to the backfield, whether it's a tackle for loss. He's pressuring Graham Mertz on a rollout. He's recording a would-be unofficial sack. I thought that really stood out to him. I thought he matured. And he. this is a player that last year, second on the team in tackles, tied for the team lead in tackles for loss, which was six with Nick Herbig. He led the team in sacks with three out of those seven games, which obviously we all know that Wisconsin needs to get their sack numbers up for 2021. But that was the first year as a starter. I think this could be talking about breakout players. These are both, you know, Benton and Chanel are class of 2019 signees that are really going to influence this defense. And, and we'll get to one question about this, you know, in just a second about assessing the true nature of this defense through the first two weeks of fall camp. But I think he's got, he's going to have a big moment too, especially alongside a duo of Jack Sanborn. And then that could be the best duo in the conference, maybe nationally too. Yeah, I think, I'm not trying to just put expectations on people, but if Leo Chanel ends the season with less than 10 sacks, I'd be stunned. I, that just the, the level of aggressiveness that Jim Leonard has as a defensive coordinator blitzing him, and then also his ability to run through blockers, run over running backs and get to the quarterback, I would be legitimately stunned if he doesn't have 10 sacks and maybe – you know, 15, 20 pressures or hits or, you know, I, I think I'm totally agreeing with you. Like there's a monster year coming for that guy. And that's where it's like, and we, again, we don't want to like put those expectations too high, but it's also, you see what we've seen in fall camp. You're like, okay, this could be something yeah. special. And we're not even talking about someone like Nick Herbig, who had a really good camp, Spencer Lytle, who I think those two are the best two pass rushers that I saw in fall camp out of Bobby April's room outside linebacker. So there, yeah, there's a lot more. Uh, and obviously uh, we're here with Colton Bartholomew from Wisconsin State Journal. And, and on top of that, too, they have a big preview section coming out this upcoming weekend and, and whatnot and plenty more. Uh, and y'all do great work as well uh, over at the Wisconsin State Journal. So in Madison.com, too. And one thing, though, we talked about the expectations and assigning them to players. But let's talk about the defense where, you know, we hear that, you know, Scott Nelson, I remember talking to him a couple weeks ago and him saying, I asked him, I go, what would you say about this defense maybe compared to other units that you've been on? And he said, it could, be, it could be special, be very special. And I agree with that, but with what you saw out of the offense where we won't dive into the offense really, but we also know that you and I both reported on not having someone like Tyler beach and 11 on 11 uh, drills 
Logan Bruss missed some time, but he returned towards the end of the fall camp. The competition between at center between Joe Tittman, Caden Lyles, yeah, Jack uh, Jack Nelson held down the right guard spot. That was also because Michael Fortney had to bump out to right tackle for a couple of practices with the first team. Uh, and Josh Seltner, Seltzner was at left guard, but he also had Cormac Sampson, who was he was competing with during that first week, had to bump around to like left tackle by the end of la- the last practice. But he also, I think he got reps everywhere, but if I'm not mistaken, right tackle. Because I saw some right guard for one for one drive and one pit practice. He was center, reserve center for another <laughs> practice. So he was everywhere. He's a Swiss Army knife of the offensive line. But assessing that and then you know even Jalen Berger being out for a couple practices how would you assess the defense and just is is there an, was it an accurate way to assess what they could do this season going in fall camp against that offense where there is competition there are a little bit of injuries and normally and for that matter as we talked about before there the defense is normally ahead of the offense at that point too yeah i think it was definitely tough to kind of grade where the defense was uh i think you mentioned it in that question about how, um, you know, the offense had injuries. Really, the the top eleven for the defense. I think Keanu Benton missed one practice for a family issue or a family you know function, and that was it. I think the top eleven was out there defensively pretty much all of camp, and that's huge too. There's so much experience and so many snaps played by those guys that are going to start defensively. You know, we we I've kept saying that there's eight starters returning, but I mean, if Matt Henningsen doesn't get you know, Tara's bicep last year, he's playing starter snaps. You know, there's, there's, so there's one more guy. And then obviously, you know, we saw the rotation between Scott Nelson, Colin Wilder and Eric Burrell last year. So that's basically two more starters coming back. And I, I really do think that this defense has the mindset of they should be a top five, top three type of defense in the country. And you see why, because the thing that impresses me the most about what Jim Leonard does with this this group and what we saw is they don't have to commit too many guys to stop the run. Their, their, their defensive line does well enough, not letting uh, offensive linemen get up to the second level, and then their linebackers fly to the ball and make tackles. So you don't have to commit, you know, the an extra guy to stop the run, or you know, you really just trust your linebackers to be able to read the play and then attack it. And when you do that, it makes it so like we saw. There's not a lot of open receivers because there's seven, eight guys every single play who are able to play coverage once they read pass and they don't have to worry about it up front. So I really think this defense is, should be right in that top five nationally when you look at the major stats. And I would be stunned if there's not at least one you know, all-American type of conversation happening with somebody on this defense because I really do think this is going to be a special unit. Last question for you before we let you go here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast of course powered by overtime media colton what are your initial thoughts about the alliance between the acc the pac 12 and of course the big 10 yeah it's weird you know i was on that zoom with the conference commissioners yesterday and i was just kind of taking notes and listening along and my big takeaway was like i don't think they know what this is yet i think their big thing that they kept hammering home was you know, that they're philosophically aligned and they've got these, you know, things that they want to try to hold on to, like this collegiate model and, you know, all these buzzwords. And, man, like college sports, college football specifically is changing so much. Trying to hold on to what it was I don't think is the most prudent move. I don't know. I mean, I think the big – the if we're just kind of cutting through what they said versus what it actually means, what it actually means is 
these are three conferences I don't want to get left behind in, in terms of they want their voices heard on the big issues like college football expansion or college football playoff expansion. Um, they, I personally don't think that they want a big run of conference realignment again. I think the Big Ten especially is fine where it's at because I don't think there's a lot of schools that interest them in adding, to, to be frank. I mean, there's some out there that they've, they've talked about, but I just I don't see them being, you know, I don't see them running to make Iowa State a Big Ten guy or a Big Ten school. Let's just you know use right. that as an example. Um, I, I really do think that this was these three conferences coming together and saying like, okay, the SEC and and frankly ESPN have too much power. We want to make it so we're kind of a collective that gets to negotiate our own things, have something to offer other TV partnerships than ESPN because we've seen the the work that Big Ten is doing with Fox, right? Like that partnership's only going to grow and CBS is going to be looking to get back in the mix after they lose some SEC games in the next few years. So I really do think this was more of a – it already got reported. Like pretty much every important detail was already out there before that press conference. Um, let's get out there and make it official and then still hammer out the details later. So the, the alliance could be interesting down the road if you've got some – you know. A, USC is going to come to Camp Randall in September one year or something like that. But uh, I think it's going to be a few years before we start seeing the real impacts of, of what became official this week. Right. The fruits of that labor, there's not even a, what a, was reported. There wasn't even a contract signed between everybody, right? Oh, no, yeah, no, they, they said it. There, there's no contract. This is what they said, a gentleman's agreement. And I'm like, that always holds up in court, right? <laughs> the second somebody, the second the SEC decides, hey, Clemson, like you want to be in the SEC now and, they, they, it was right for them. Like, yeah, that's going to hold up. It's I mean, you and I are pro wrestling fans. We know how it goes with the gentleman's agreement. There's going to be a chair shot in the back somehow. Exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, but Colt, man, it's been great talking to you. I always, I see you on the beat every day that we have availability. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and obviously you're, uh, it's it's great getting to know you over the past two years and seeing what you've done and, and whatnot at the Wisconsin State Journal. What's going on? T- I've already kind of teased a little bit of that, that preview section coming up uh, for the Wisconsin State Journal. What's, what are you guys uh, working on what should fans expect from y'all? Yeah, um, on Sunday, this is one of those times I'm going to be an old school person and tell you to buy a newspaper uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of work that goes into the design and, and making this look cool. It's a 20 page section breaking down every opponent this year, a bunch of stuff around the Big Ten. Uh, there's a big feature story on Graham Mertz and the stuff that he did this offseason to improve. So just a lot of great stuff from, you know, all over our staff between reporters, editors, designers. So uh, lots of good stuff coming there. And it's going to get rolled out on Madison.com over the next week or so. So you can find it anywhere. But this is one of the few times that I'll say a paper will be definitely worth it if you want to go check it out that way. Colton, my friend, always great talking with you. I'll see you, what, Monday, hopefully? Hopefully. One uh, press conference and whatnot. Thanks so, so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Folks, that's Colton Bartholomew, Badgers football beat writer for the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com. Follow him on Twitter at CBartWSJ. We're going to take a quick break, give a couple ads so we get paid. We'll be right back with more housekeeping and just what to expect from the revamped BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We'll talk to you guys in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast course brought to you by overtime media this is jay kokorowski big thanks again to colton bartholomew from the wisconsin state journal madison.com 
And really, I'm just happy to be back on this podcast. I know Ben Wargle has been taking on this for a while now. Uh, and, and just to kind of give you some housekeeping about what's happening. Ben uh, will come back from what's going on right now. Ben Wargle will be back for basketball. Uh, when basketball kicks up for Greg Gard and company, uh, you guys got me. Y'all got me for the football season since I will be credentialed to cover home games. That just came through a couple days ago. I will be covering home games for BadgerBlitz.com at the very least for football, as well as covering the beat with interviews, availabilities, etc. Uh, I'll be working on that. So I'm really excited to get back on there. I'm uh, really happy to be doing this podcast again because it has been a while, folks. And, uh, you know, just to kind of give you a, a heads up, too, about what to expect when for these football podcasts. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping, like I said. Really, uh, I'm looking for 30 minutes of your time each week. Once a week, we'll go through a probably go you know next starting next week. Obviously, opponent preview with Penn State. Also, I'll work through and we'll talk recruiting with John McNamara here and there. Uh, we'll give I know next week I'm looking to talk about predictions uh, in terms of breakout players, seasonal record, potential bowl games. Uh, you know what's this? What's the ceiling? What's the floor with this team? Uh, and biggest questions. We'll go through all that next week. Uh, but you know, we'll have every week an opponent preview on here. We'll have a, a midweek podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, bear with us there. And as I get back and for that matter, when it's 30 minutes, it means less rambling for me. I know I can talk a while. I'm gonna make sure that I cut that short for everybody uh, and make sure that you guys, you all get the most succinct details, the succinct news and analysis just really quick all within a half an hour so i've already talked a little bit more than i wanted to in terms of uh the housekeeping stuff so um, there's a couple more players i'll talk about i had colton and i you know we discussed one player on each side of the ball on offense and defense when it came to those that stood out in camp i kind of wanted to give uh, i already talked about nick kerbig a little bit on defense i just want to talk about his performance in fall camp where I really thought that he stood out uh, where off the edge in terms of pressure. Him and Spencer Lytle, maybe it's like a co-defensive standout, you know, performance on their end because really you saw off the edge just what Nick Kerbig could do. And you even saw it last year, right? First start of his collegiate career as a true freshman, gets a sack against Illinois. Um, Now I think he's going to take a bigger step. And I always preface this too, where with Wisconsin, we saw, you know, especially this fall camp, there are injuries at the tackle spot. You had Logan Bruss missing some time on the right side. And then Tyler Beach, who we're projecting to be the starting left tackle. If he's healthy, he was not in any 11 on 11 drills during fall camp practice. So uh, that we saw for the open practices. So, you know, the tackle spots, we're not 100%. Then you saw Logan Brown and Tanner Bordellini go down as well. And so you saw Riley Malman at left tackle. You saw Michael Furtney at times at, at right tackle, uh, you know, when Bruss was out uh, a lot, you know. And so in, in my eyes, we will see just um, how, you know, how that all figures out. It's kind of a disclaimer to everybody there. But with Herbig, you saw the pressure off the edge where he was able to get past the line, make some plays, uh, you know, and, and just like Chanel, you know, his, I felt like really like you could hear his name almost every practice in terms of something going on. Uh, Lytle for that matter, I think could be a, one of the breakout players on this defense. You know, we saw Noah Burks and Nick Herbig kind of the first up 
in terms of the outside linebacker combos. Uh, I think Lytle could be the number two pass rusher in that group. Uh, him and CJ Getz were kind of the next up from what I remember from most of the practices uh, after Burks and Herbig. I think Lytle can have a real big impact on this defense, stays healthy uh, and whatnot. He can play, according to Herbig, he can play both the field and the boundary outside linebacker spots too. I really like the potential at that outside linebacker group. I think the depth is a lot better than in years past, and I think they'll be able to shine this year. Obviously, we'll see what happens September 4th against Penn State, but I like where they're headed, especially with that group, especially with that talent in Bobby April's room. On the offensive side of the ball, I do want to say I think one of the players that stood out is center Joe Tipman, and the way that from what we saw in fall camp, Caden Lyles received the first team center reps for most of the first week of fall camp. And then that Saturday practice at August 14th practice, that was the first Saturday we saw the Badgers practice, uh, you know, fully. Uh, you saw Tipman take over the first team center roles from Lyles. And for the rest of the remaining open practices, we saw Tipman receive the initial first team reps. Now, you know, again, things can change between the next 10 days from what we saw in fall camp to what could be on the field coming up on September 4th against the Nittany Lions. But, you know, I thought that he stood out there. Um, you know, he taught, if you guys go to badgerblitz.com, we had that article up on him talking about what he's done after labrum surgery last November, worked his way back, putting up big numbers in the weight room. So I think... Those are some real positives that you'll see, uh, you know, on the offensive line there. If that holds true, uh, I think Lyles obviously still is a, a, a great offensive lineman too. Uh, I think there's gonna, a lot of depth that, at that offensive line if it's healthy. Uh, if they get players back, um, it could be a really deep and talented group, and obviously competition pushes them all as well. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to end up with those two players or those three players for that matter. Um, and then we'll just wrap it up here. Uh, please, you know, follow us, uh, you know, when you go to, you know, subscribe on Apple, obviously it doesn't cost you anything. Apple, Google play, uh, other, other, wherever you find this podcast, please subscribe, follow, listen, uh, please give us reviews. Obviously you want to get better. We love the feedback, uh, and, and give it, you know, let us know what, what else we can do better. Um, and then, you know, of course here, badgerblitz.com. Wisconsin.rivals.com uh, on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on bad, uh, you know on BadgerBlitz.com, and then Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz, and then uh, for me it's at Jake Coco, John McNamara's at McNamara Rivals, and again stay tuned. What's coming up? We got a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun coming up this season. We're making you know my thirty minutes is up here for BadgersBlitz.com. You guys have a great week. Next week, folks, Penn State preview. Our seasonal predictions going to be a lot of fun. Going to be fun to see people at Camp Randall Stadium. I'm ready. Hope you all are too. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be good to each other. We'll talk to you soon.